Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of New Stars here on Track Star Sports, the show where us, the interns of Track Star Sports, take you through the hottest topics of the week and give you our fresh take on those topics. We got an exciting show for you today, but before we dive into it, I want to go around and introduce everybody. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let uh, the interns introduce themselves. My name is John Meek, and I'm a co-host on NFC Breakdown on Anchor for Trackstar Sports. I'm also a, a part of the Instagram team for Trackstars. And I am Jarek. Um, I do the NBA breaking news for Trackstar Sports, and you can find me um, on our Twitter page going through there, sending out tweets um, and trying to spread the word. Hello, everyone. This is your boy here, Lee Thomas with Trackstar Sports. Um, I cover NFL, you know, news, NFC East news. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. I'll be uh, teaming, up, teaming up with John Cross to do um, NFL breakdowns of the league, what's going on in the NFC East and the league as a whole. You can reach me on Trackstar Sports on Twitter. I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Matt. I do the debate of the week every Monday, and I'm also on the Twitter team. And that is the team. We're going to be rocking with you guys. We're going to be putting out episodes every Friday on Track Star Sports, giving you the hottest topics of the past week. This week, we're going to be looking at a few things. We're going to be looking at some football stuff. Uh, the Pac-12 uh, college football conference has instituted some new rules. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, have been given a punishment by the NFL. And, of course, the NBA Finals are taking place. We'll be diving in uh, to that series as well. Um, and I'm going to turn it over here to Matt as we get started with our opening drive. So earlier today, the NFL announced that the Baltimore Ravens will lose two of their last OTA practices, as well as getting a huge fine for violating the NFL contact rules. My question is, should the NFL tell teams when they are allowed to tackle or not? I mean, this is a contact game. Is the NFL overstepping here? Jameek, I'd love to hear what you got to say. You know, I think that uh, this is an examination of the collective agreement. The collective agreement is a document that we implement in workspaces to which, you know, employees are able to have certain rights when they're working. And they do that so that uh, when guys are out there playing football in meaningless, you know, times, they don't actually get hurt. Think about it. The, 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 the teams that have been actually fine for this stuff have been the Seattle Seahawks in 2016, in which they lost the, they lost the fifth-round pick for that, and then the Baltimore Ravens this year. Those are two really good defenses that play hard and fast. So, of course, it makes sense that in practice, they're going to, you know, get a little rough and be in each other's faces and, you know, get mad at one another. There might be contact in which the rules don't allow contact. And I think that a lot of that has to do with just how they play football. But uh, it, it, it's weird because rookies are not – knowledgeable about how the game is supposed to be played yet, on the NFL level at least, you know? I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they're just trying to prove themselves. They're trying to get out there and make a name for themselves. They want people to be, you know, they want to make themselves known. Um, I think it has a lot to do with that. And I think that they don't really realize that if you hurt yourself in OTAs and break your, you know, ACL or tear your ACL or MCL or anything like that, you're not going to get money. So the older guys, the older players who form these unions, they're doing this kind of stuff to protect the rookies and let them know that, hey, until that 16 season regular, you know, season starts, you got to make sure that your paper is right. You have to make sure your, your, your money is together. And if they don't do that, then a lot of these guys, in an effort to try to show themselves approval, 
are going to mess up. And I think that's what we're seeing here because Ozzie Newsom and John Harbaugh kept saying, hey, the rookies are out there doing this pretty much. And that's what they were saying. Yeah, Jamik, I agree with you. Um, you got to also keep in mind that the draft was about a month ago. So players that are just recently drafted have not played at this level. There's already so much pressure on them. And to make them have contact immediately with players that have been in the league 8, 10, 12 years, kind of a dangerous idea but lee what about you i'd like to hear what you got to say well honestly i look at it like this you know they shouldn't they shouldn't you know lose those two otas because of you know some contact you know like come on players want to come out there and like, they want to get physical they want to do what they want to do what they want to do you know but i understand why they got suspended or not suspended you know lost their two otas because you know they have to you know follow precautions you know rules et cetera, et cetera. You know, like somebody can get hurt. You know, players. I think honestly, like two weeks ago, players. Like I think, like a lot of players, like like the ACLs, MCLs. You know, have to follow like like health concerns. So I feel like it just kind of comes down to what the players feel like. But then again, like the players, like the players only have like opinions. So it's, it's just it's really like like a touchy subject, you know. But they can't get it back. It's kind of coming down like a Roger Goodell. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like it has to get better. Like, the ruling is just kind of getting out of hand, and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, honestly. Yeah, I hear that. I feel like a lot of times when uh, a punishment is implemented, teams will immediately put Goodell on the on the block. But, you know, maybe this punishment is a little too much because we don't know the extent of the contact at all. Could have been someone just bumping a cornerback off the line and they're losing these two practices, having to get up, give up about a million dollars between Harbaugh and the Ravens, it's, you know, it's something that they'll have to discuss at the next meeting. All right, Jarek, what about you? I mean, I feel like the NFL has a lot more problems to worry about right now. I'm not saying this isn't an issue, but, I mean, it's got to be frustrating um, for front office, uh, specifically the Ravens front office, and then um, the NFL ownership and um, the executives there, it's got to be frustrating for them to have to deal with now, with this now, with all these other issues going on in the league. This is certainly not something they want to have to address. Considering that it's something the players agreed upon, you would definitely want them to be up for committing to it as well. And, you know, I understand a lot of rookies are going into it and causing some of these problems. But I don't think you can really let that be an excuse. I think that the veteran players and the coaches and training staff, they need to get on the rookies and understand that this is now their professional job and that they have to follow these rules strictly because it's for their own good and it's something that they have agreed upon legally when they sign that contract to get onto the field. Um, So, I mean, there's really, I think, pretty little positive to take away from this. And I think if the NFL and players have agreed upon it, the players need to hold up their part of the bargain and stick to the rules that they agreed to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with everything that's going on in the NFL, it's just the off season and what we've had a catch rule change, which wasn't much of a change at all. We have a kickoff rule change and we have rules implemented about the national anthem. I think this OTA and what's, going on here needs to be addressed, but I feel like it will probably be swept under the rug, not on anyone's radar because of all the other things that have happened in the league that have changed just this off season. Uh, I don't see this rule changing anytime soon, 
it should be addressed, but I just don't think it will be until maybe another lockout where they change the collective bargaining agreement again. You know, I, I, I really I really don't understand why when Roger Goodell comes out in the NFL draft, everybody starts to boo him. Like, you know, what definitive one thing will make fans boo him as soon as he's coming out? Is it is it actions like this that are making him get booed, or is it just the fact that he's Roger Goodell and nobody likes him? You know, is it a culmination exactly. of this kind of stuff, or is it the fact that, you know, he's just a loser or whatever the case may be? I, I'm, you know, I'm just paraphrasing here, but I, I really don't understand why people don't like him because I feel like rules like this have a very, you know, meaningful application in the world of football. You really don't want these young 20, 21, and even sometimes 19-year-olds out there hurting themselves before the career even starts. But uh, at the same time, people will look around and say, yo, he's being too much of a bully. He thinks he's the president, yada, yada, yada. So I, I'm really not understanding why there's such a backlash on Roger Goodell and why we view him as a private. But that's the thing, though. Half the people out there booing them don't even know why they're booing them. They just booing them just because other people are doing it. And like, I don't know. That like that's crazy to me. Like they, like they don't know why they're booing him. So yeah, for sure. I mean, somewhere in the like the three hundred page collective bargaining agreement, this about non-contact in OTAs is written, and he's just enforcing it. The fans of the Ravens or whatever team it it may be that receiving the punishment, not just the Ravens. I mean, the Patriots has happened to every team. They don't read that agreement. So they don't understand what the rule is. They just see their team getting punished, and they think it's all on Goodell. When He's going by the fact, No, of course, of course. And I think that that relates to the draft where fans of those teams are at the draft, and they're booing Goodell because, you know, he quote-unquote screwed them over. But in a sense – he really didn't. I mean, he's just enforcing a rule that was already agreed on. Of course, there have exactly. been some questionable calls in the past, no doubt. But, you know, I don't know what he would have to do to make it right. I think people like to boo him. People like to hate someone, and in this case, it's Goodell. True. Okay. Somebody has to get the blame for something, so obviously it's going to be Goodell. Same thing with quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks get blamed for what goes on with the team. You know, if a team having, like, bad issues, like, let's look at the Cowboys. I, I, if, I can't, if I can't that take gets anybody hurt. seriously. I can't take anybody seriously talking about quarterbacks to the Dallas Cowboys fan. It just doesn't, doesn't compute for me. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't compute for you? It doesn't compute for Since me at all. That's another topic, but, you know, I, I just – when we talk about quarterback play, the star does not come up in my mind, so I, I just don't know. Maybe I'm on right <laughs> downside at that point. <laughs> says, a, says a guy whose quarterback hasn't done anything since 2012. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I bet you uh, Eli Manning's out there in a red non-contact OTA jersey. He's following the rules at least. So, hey, he is. You know, you same say. thing with the same thing with the merchandise gate, man. Like those jerseys, man. That's something else. His name always can. Is getting involved with that, but but yet again, since he's a giant and not a cowboy, if it was a cowboy, who'd be getting in trouble? They had to let go of some merchandise guys because of, like those illegal jerseys and all that, you know. So you you, 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 you hear how Cowboys fans always twist the narrative yeah. to be around them. We're over here talking right, about right. somehow, yeah, somehow, yeah, some way the star gets brought up. Jamaican right, 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 Lee show here of the the banter back and forth between the Giants and Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and with that, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit, and um, we're gonna still be talking about football, but now we're gonna focus on 
the Pac-12 conference rule change. Um, and Matt, again, uh, take us through a little bit of the background behind that rule change and what's going on. Yeah, so we're talking about the best league in all of sports, college football. Coming out of the Pac-12, they agreed earlier this week, passing a new rule eliminating five and seven teams from playing in bowl games. When I mean five and seven, I mean a record of five and seven, a losing record. For those of you at home that don't know, for a team to be bowl eligible, they have to be at least six and six. If there's not enough teams that are at least six and six, teams will be invited with a five and second, seven record. The Pac-12 has ruled that that will no longer be the case for any team in the Pac-12. What do you guys think about this? I mean, Jameek? Uh, you know, my thing is, does anybody really care about college football rules? I feel like most college football fans don't even care about the sport of football. It's more of something of them being alumni and people who went to these schools and they have some type of patriotic association with these organizations. Because I really don't think people care at this point. I think they just want to see the game. You know, obviously there's some type of sense of, oh, I want to see my team make the playoffs. But as long as they see their, you know, whatever college they went to playing on TV, I really don't think they care at all, to be honest. I, uh, you know, you ask the common person who views football, you know, the differences in rules between the NFL and college football, they're not going to be able to t- tell you, you know, certain things about why certain things are the way they are. I just think that people don't really care. To me, that is a fandom that is completely focused on just witnessing their college play football. And that coming from a guy who went to a college without a football team, I could say that I, I, I would be the same way. I wouldn't care whether or not the team lost or whatever. It would be, I would still wear the shirts and buy the merchandise and go to the games just because I went to that college. Well, I think college football is a big part of football in general. I mean, some of the biggest names of football coached college football. And I think a lot of people do decide – what college they want to go to based off of football. I don't think that's the right decision, but a lot of people do it, whatever. Um, Five and seven teams I don't think should be in a bowl game at all. I mean, we're talking about there being 30 bowl games. Does anybody really care about the very first ones? I mean, come on. Exactly. Five and seven teams should not be rewarded. A five and seven team shouldn't be rewarded. I mean, you don't even – you have a losing record. I'm losing record right. pretty much, exactly. Yeah. But, Lee, what about you? What do you think? See, I second that, you know. A 5-7 team shouldn't be awarded, you know. Like, like I feel like that's kind of – like, this rule shouldn't apply, I mean, like, like, years ago, honestly. I mean, I don't know that much about college football, but I do know, I mean, when it comes to, like, college football, like, I know it's a very popular sport, like, a part of, like, a part of, like, Americans. I know a few people prefer college over NFL, so – I see it being, you know, if it wants to get more, like, competitive and more to, you know, like the NFL, you know, like a 5-7 record like in like an, an the NFL, like that wouldn't be – that's not, like – that's not good at all, you know. So, I don't know. I feel like that just kind of, like, prepares, like, the college, you know, players, you know, for this, for this like, in the NFL, you know. I feel like they should start, you know, preparing the college players for more of, like, a pro-style, you know, system, like a lot of colleges do, like Mississippi State, Michigan, schools like that, they have pro-style offenses and everything. So, I feel like that – is going to kind of put them in the right direction of how to get prepared for the NFL. So I think it's a good move. Yeah, I, you know, to, to me, I, you can't defeat mathematics. If you have a losing record you you're at the top of your conference, it, what difference does it make? Like, it's like the Seahawks exactly. in 2010. They went seven and, the Seahawks went 7-9 and nine in 2010 and then went into the playoffs with the losing record and then beat this, uh, the New Orleans Saints, who were defending Super Bowl champions of the year before. 
in 2009 when they had Bounty Gate and all that other stuff and they broke, you know, breath off leg and all that. Not to laugh, but that was crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think you can't defeat mathematics. It's a simple equation. If you are the team with the best record in your conference, regardless of whether or not it's winning or losing, then you should be elected to the playoffs or with the postseason or whatever that is for your sport. Yeah, I agree. I mean, participation trophies don't do anyone good. So if they want to eliminate the bowls that don't matter, make it only teams with winning records. I mean, six and six is still pretty easy, but, you know, whatever. What about you, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think it just is going to add more competition, knowing that there's now a set level where you need to be this good if you want a chance to make the bowl games in this conference. Um and I really don't feel bad for the five and seven teams who may not get in now. You know, you, you, it's it's a sport, it's competition. You need to get better, um, and I think it's only going to improve um, the quality of the Pac-12. So I think it, it's a good decision for them. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like this is just hypothetical. We're just talking about hypotheticals here. This past year, there wasn't a single five and seven team to make a bowl game. I don't think since 2015 there's been one. So, I mean, this is just something that could happen, probably won't happen, and frankly should never happen. And speaking of playoffs here, we're going to use this as a transition to move in uh, to the NBA finals that are taking place. Uh, As we're recording this, there's uh, game three in Cleveland is going on right now. It's the third quarter with about nine and a half minutes left. Warriors are up 63 to 61 in Cleveland. They got off to an 11 to three run to start the third. Um, guys, I guess, what have your impressions been of the series up to this point? Um, obviously we got a close one here tonight and, uh, by the time that we do the show, it won't, uh, have ended. Lee, uh, what do you think? Is this going to be a sweep for the Warriors? Um, is it going to be five games again, or do you see the Cavs finding a way to extend the series? Um, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I feel like the Cavs will find a way to go in like a couple, maybe like one game or so. I feel like they may win this one tonight or the next one, but I don't see them, you know, winning it all. I feel like the Warriors will, you know, will come out on top. So I feel like LeBron and the guys, they will, um, because it's pretty much LeBron. Um, I feel like LeBron hmm. pretty much, you know, get a win for them, and then yeah, I I don't see the Warriors um losing to the Cavs in this series. So yeah, Matt, uh, what do you think? Is how I mean, how do you see this series playing out when it's all said and done? Well, let me just start off by saying this. I think this is horrible for the brand. I mean, was it the, this the third year in a row of the exact same matchup? Um, exact same matchup. I think the Warriors – four years. Wow. Yeah. I think the Warriors really can't be beaten. I think the only team that could beat them was the Rockets, and they failed. So it's legitimately LeBron versus the Warriors, and you can even throw in the refs as a sixth man. I mean, I don't see – the Cavs winning more than one game. That's what I was Andrew, saying. I'm going to take it back well, to you. Um, where do you stand on this issue? Do you, uh, do you agree, disagree with these guys? Um, well, first, first, how much fight do the Cavs have? First of all, first of all, when people start talking about this being bad for the brand and, you know, how, you know, we got the same guys playing in the uh, finals every year, this kind of thing, Nobody says anything when Tom Brady takes the Patriots with nobody on the squad every year to the Super Bowl, and we got to watch him play whatever team, you know, tries to upsurf his throne. That's what I think about that. I, I also think I that. I say that. The thing, 
the, the problem is, the problem with the Warriors is nobody respects the team because of how many All-Stars they went out to get, how many good players they went out to go sign, and how many, you know, transactions they made to make their team better. Nobody really gives them credit for anything that they're doing. And I, I really, personally, I hate the Warriors. I think the Warriors are an, an absolute disgrace to sports, period, because this, this is ridiculous. You, you guys... You have all of this star power and all of this talent on the team, and it's not even competitive. This is like watching puppies versus lions. This is stupid to me. You know, we're watching one 33-year-old man take on guys who are five and six years younger than him and who are, you know, in the midst of their prime while he's getting older and older with nobody who can shoot a competitive two-ball. You know, this, this is ridiculous to watch. And honestly, if you're a sports fan, you should feel bad for LeBron. Whenever you drop 51 points and nobody but another player but one more player on your team scores more than 10 points, you should feel bad. This is, this is ridiculous. I, this, is, this is like watching abuse almost. That's how, that's how bad I would liken it to, you know? And I think that, uh, honestly, I think if Brown wins one game before the Warriors win three, we're Gucci. I don't think he's going to be able to come back from 3-1. But if he, comes back, if he wins at least, you know, a game or two before they get to that third game win, I think we'll be all right. And I think we'll be in for a competitive series. I think if, if the Warriors keep sweeping them or if the Warriors keep 4-1-ing them and all that stuff, nobody's going to tune into none of this stuff. On Nelson ratings last David. year, the finals weren't even a top-10 program. Like, nobody watched the finals. It's ridiculous. Nobody wants to see this stuff anymore. It's crap. Yeah, I mean, I even, like, I <laughs> hopped on. I'm a big LeBron fan, and I was a fan of the Warriors before their big run started. So when it first started, I was super excited to get to watch these two teams play. Um, but even at this point, like, I found myself rooting for the Celtics and the Rockets in the conference finals. Um, and so I do think, you know, but they've said before, you know, teams have to beat us. You know, if, if you want a different matchup, you know, build a better team. Um, and I think that's right. I know. That's right. That's the thing. Is I think there's only – the way that the NBA is structured, you only have so much money to spend. I think the Warriors, when you look back in history, are going to be – the most talented team ever, you can argue, I mean, I'm not, I don't, it, we can have a whole show arguing 98 Bulls or 96 Bulls or MJ and LeBron, all that stuff. But in terms of financially being able to construct a team, I think there's way more talent on the Warriors than any other team in NBA history. And it was all just because of timing and the collective bargaining agreement when Kevin Durant was a free agent. Um, Snake. And so it, it just, honestly, it turned out unfair for the rest of the league. And it might be something that they just have to deal with. But also, I don't think the Rockets were that far away from winning. Who knows well, what would happen can, if Chris Paul had two games healthy? Can I, can I say one thing, one, one thing Jack? Yeah, this just bothers me. When people say build a better team, that bothers me. The Warriors have the best record in the history of the NBA in one regular season when they went 73-9. and nine. And even though they lost the finals because – of Superman LeBron, there's, it's literally impossible. MJ could not build a better team than this 73-9 and nine roster. You know, this, and it's practically the same roster from that year that lost when they, get, when they, when they lost 3-1 to the uh, – when, you know, when they gave up the 3-1 lead to LeBron and, the, and gang. Because I want to be named those bums. Those guys, are, it's LeBron and gang, and that's how we address them on the show. But honestly, I really – like, how can you build a better team than 73-9? and nine? That, you, can't do, you don't lose more than 10 games in a regular season. How is that? And I'm, how do you how do you construct that? And I'm not saying that I think the NBA needs to build. I'm saying that the Warriors and Cavs have said if you want to be if you don't like this matchup, build a better team. That's their argument. I'm not saying that's what I think. I think that you can't 
Oh, I think you can build you can build a better team than the Cavs. That's not super hard, aside from you know finding LeBron. But in terms of a team, that's not too hard to get all those supportive pieces of that kind of caliber on a roster. But I I mean you just can't build a better talent team than the Warriors. I don't think. But like I said, I think the Rockets were close, and I, we'll never know what would have happened if Chris Paul was healthy those last two games. Um, I mean, I would have to think that they would have been able to get one. I mean, I don't think that's completely far-fetched to say, but like I said, you know, that's just something we'll never uh, really know about. Um, So real quick before we wrap up um, this segment here, I want to go through uh, everybody. uh, Tell me your series prediction at this point, where you think it'll land. Um, Jamik, I'm going to start with you. Um, Just um, who wins the series and how many games? I think, I think, this is probably going to go seven games. I think if LeBron wins okay. tonight, because, again, I'm not mentioning any of those bums he happens to play with. One touts himself as being an all-star, but but he's not. You know, his last name, it's an emotion. Let me just say that. But uh, I think this goes seven games. I think if LeBron <laughs> wins tonight, then it's going to be 4-3 Cavs. I think we're going to see another stamp on the King's legacy. I think we're going to have another reason to debate why he's better than Michael Jordan, which he is. And I think that, uh, yeah, definitely he's going to bring one back home to the land. Mm. All right. And, um, Lee, how about yourself? Uh, how do you see the series going? How many games? Who's winning? I see it going 4-1, and one, man. I do. I see LeBron, you know, getting one here at home, Easy. maybe tonight or the next one. Um, LeBron, man, like I'm not a fan. I prefer MJ. That's just me. Um, I, I, I see he has no teammates. I'll give him that. LeBron, I'm not going to lie. Um, when the Warriors – when the Warriors just, you know, beat beat the um, Cavaliers, I feel like the refs are kind of like like on their side, honestly. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, the refs are kind of on their side. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, there was, like, a lot of um, – Cavs could have snuck one. But, you know, J.R. had his thing, you know. You know, it, it was missed free throws oh, like, all the time, missed shots. Um, but that's, like, another – that's a whole different topic. Like, um, like Nick was saying, like, it's a bunch of bumps pretty much. But, I like, I see it – I see the Warriors, you know, going forward and winning and taking it back to like, – Taking it back to the Bay. That's how I see it. And I and I do right. see LeBron leaving the Cavaliers, man. He's not staying with the Cavs next season. He's not, man. He's either coming to the Rockets, man, coming to Texas, my state, or or going, <laughs> or going to the Lakers with Paul George and them. But that's a conspiracy theory. That's another topic. Oh yeah, we're, I'm sure we're gonna get into a lot of that over the He's course of the summer. How this free is gonna theory. work? Um, Matt, how about yourself? <laughs> where do you where do you see this series going? Uh, who wins and how many games? Uh, I see it going four one. I shouldn't even have to say who's gonna win. I mean the Warriors. I mean mathematically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but um, I think maybe if Tyron Lue can learn to call a timeout, or George Hill makes you know his free throws or something, um, they might steal one game. But four one Warriors. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm agreeing with you, man. I mean, I think a sweep is possible for the Warriors. Um, but like as of right now, the game's pretty close in Cleveland. Let me pull up the score here. Yeah, it's tied right now, seventy-two, seventy-two in the third. So if the Cavs can steal, I think the Cavs could steal this game or even the next one if they don't win tonight. But I think it could. We could see another end in Game Five um, at the or we're gonna end the show here. Uh, faith-based every week that we release a podcast. Lee, take it away. Okay, thank you guys for checking out Trackstar Sports, guys. This is our new podcast, um, The New Stars. But I'll leave you guys with the Bible verse here, you know, something to encourage you guys. You know, as you guys know, we 
we all aren't Christians on here, but we do, you know, have this is a Christian-based, you know, company, obviously. Um, we don't bash it down your throats or anything like that, but we do, you know, we'll show you his love, you know. So I'll be reading John 14, 26. But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. That is John 14, 26. I pray this encourages you, encourage everyone to listen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Hey, everyone. This is Jarek, a.k.a. JD with Trackstar Sports. I hope you enjoyed that first ever episode of New Stars. We're going to be doing this every week, releasing on Friday mornings. The whole crew, myself, Jameek, Lee, Matt, will be giving you takes on the hottest news in sports of that week. You can listen to it on Anchor. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you can check it out on the iTunes Podcast Store. If you have an Android, go ahead and check out the app Podcast Republic. We're on there as well. Um, and like I said, we're going to be doing this every week. I hope you enjoyed this first episode, and here's to many more.